Everybody knows that Einstein has done something astonishing, but very few people know exactly what it is that he has done. It is generally recognized that he has revolutionized our conception of the physical world, but his new conceptions are wrapped up in mathematical technicalities. It is true that there are innumerable popular accounts of the theory of relativity, but they generally cease to be intelligible just at the point where they begin to say something important. The authors are hardly to blame for this. Many of the new ideas can be expressed in non-mathematical language, but they are nonetheless difficult on that account. What is demanded is a change in our imaginative picture of the world, a picture which has been handed down from remote, perhaps pre-human ancestors, and has been learned by each one of us in early childhood. A change in our imagination is always difficult, especially when we are no longer young. The same sort of change was demanded by Copernicus when he taught that the earth is not stationary and the heavens do not revolve about it once a day. To us now there is no difficulty in this idea because we learned it before our mental habits had become fixed. Einstein's ideas, similarly, will seem easy to a generation which has grown up with them. But for our generation, a certain effort of imaginative reconstruction is unavoidable. In exploring the surface of the earth, we make use of all of our senses, more particularly of the senses of touch and sight. In measuring lengths, parts of the human body are employed in pre-scientific ages. A foot, a cubit, a span are defined in this way. For longer distances, we think of the time it takes to walk from one place to another. We gradually learn to judge distances roughly by the eye, but we rely upon touch for accuracy. Moreover, it is touch that gives us our sense of reality. Some things cannot be touched, rainbows, reflections in looking glasses, and so on. These things puzzle children, whose metaphysical speculations are arrested by the information that what is in the looking-glass is not real. Macbeth's dagger was unreal because it was not sensible to feeling as to sight. Not only our geometry and physics, but our whole conception of what exists outside us is based upon the sense of touch. We carry this even into our metaphors. A good speech is solid. A bad speech is gas, because we feel that a gas is not quite real. In studying the heavens, we are debarred from all senses except sight. We cannot touch the sun or travel to it. We cannot walk around the moon or apply a foot rule to the Pleiades. Nevertheless, astronomers have unhesitatingly applied the geometry and physics which they found serviceable on the surface of the earth and which they had based upon touch and travel. In doing so, they brought down trouble on their heads, which it has been left for Einstein to clear up. It has turned out that much of what we learned from the sense of touch was unscientific prejudice, which must be rejected if we are to have a true picture of the world.